Once again, transcontinentally transcribed live, you're listening to and watching Project Audion. Hi, I'm Marty Buffalini with News Radio 950, radio station WWJ in Detroit, Michigan. You know, radio broadcasting turned 100 years old in 2020. That's right. It's been a century since the first pioneering broadcast stations went on the air. And one of the first, probably the very first, is the one I broadcast for right here in Detroit, WWJ. It aired its first regular programs in August 1920, and it was stations like WWJ and the networks that followed which led to the golden age of radio and programs like today's Project Audion recreation, Quiet Please. The Quiet Please was a dark fantasy series created by Willis Cooper in 1947. It's the kind of show you really want to hear it late at night, but in fact, Quiet Please bounced around in different time slots, including Sunday afternoons, trying to find an audience. Now, today, it's considered a classic for its intimate, understated style. Now, sometimes a whole episode featured just a single actor, the host, Ernest Chappell. Now, this particular episode was broadcast on New Year's Eve, 1947, and is entitled, appropriately enough, Rain on New Year's Eve. Is it raining right now where you are? Well, if not, then close your eyes and imagine it falling outside. Settle in close to the speaker and listen as Project Audion presents on our own Zoom radio network from Detroit to Corpus Christi, Willis Cooper's Quiet Please. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Broadcasting System presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for tonight is called Rain on New Year's Eve. It's raining again. Pretty near New Year's and it's raining again. Back east, it's probably snowing different places. Or maybe the moon's out, shining on the snow, and people are saying, why it's so bright out, you could read a newspaper. You can't read a newspaper by moonlight, only the headlines. Maybe if you take your newspaper out in the yard and stand in the moonlight, you might find a headline with my name on it. It's been there before. Well, anyway, so there's moonlight. Here there's rain, like it was that other New Year's Eve. That's what the rain makes me think of, as if I ever thought of anything else. 
Listen to the rain. <laughs> I was sitting in my office in the writer's court out there after we'd been on the picture for two or three months. Writing it, that is. They'd been shooting for about three weeks, but I was still on the picture because we had a producer that couldn't make up his mind, and the director was one of those guys, uh, sort of a road company Hitchcock, you know? He makes the picture up as he goes along, only there has to be a writer filed away somewhere, someplace where he can find him when he runs out of ideas, which is not more than 11 times a day. So I'm dying. I go on the set, and I find actors there I never heard of, speaking lines I never wrote in scenes I couldn't figure out. Then the director would get me in a corner and put the arm on me. This thing doesn't seem to quite gel, old man, you know? And me and my little typewriter go to work to unscrew things while the overtime and the gin rummy games go right on. <laughs> Great life, that. Well, so I'm sitting in my office and the rain is on the roof and the gas heater is frying my ankles while the draft from the window is giving my neck the deep freeze. Mary Lou, my secretary, comes in from her little cubbyhole next to mine. When do I get to do my Christmas shopping, Mr. Ramsey? You don't get to do your Christmas shopping, Mary Lou. Yes, I know. I didn't. What? Christmas was two days ago, Mr. Ramsey. Was it? Well, Merry Christmas. Are you ever going to finish this picture, for heaven's sakes? Well, I'll tell you, Angel. Mr. Doty, that great director, is getting $3,500 a week. Oh, I know it. And, my dear, Mr. Doty has not got $3,500 a week for a long, long time, see? Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Doty, the great director, is going to make $3,500 a week just as long as he possibly can. And characters like us can, you know what? That man. I have a different word for him, sweetheart. But as I was saying, if we leave it to Mr. Doty, this here picture ain't never going to be finished. A hundred years from now, somebody will come upstairs here and they'll, be, they'll find an old, old man with a long white beard beating out the 59th revision of scene 456. And in the next room, a little apple-cheeked old lady. Oh, cut it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. When are they going to finish it? No kidding. Uh, New Year's Eve. Oh, maybe there'll be champagne and stuff on the set. Yeah, no doubt for the expensive actors and producers and the fine upstanding director. For you and me, a nice bottle of 60 cent claret imported from right over there on Ventura Boulevard. <laughs> You're so funny. Mm, on the contrary. Well, I'm getting awful sick of this, Mr. Ramsey. We've had to work every single night for the last four weeks. Do you realize that? You kidding? Do I realize it? Go get me some coffee, will you, kid? I gotta stay awake for Mr. Doty. Coffee. I bet you and I could be elect president of Brazil all the coffee we've put away. Answer the phone. It's Doty. Well, we gotta be dignified. Hold on. Mr. Ramsey's office, who's calling, please? Oh, yes, Mr. Doty, he's here. Mm, I'm always here. Ramsey? Yes, Mr. Doty, what seems to be the trouble? I see. Yes, I see, but Mr. Doty, I... Well, well, that'd mean rewriting practically all the... Well, yes, I know, I mean... But what do you gain that way? What? Two monsters? 
Well, what's two monsters got that one monster hasn't? Well, yeah, sure, but who scares who? Uh, uh, whom, I mean? But Mr. Doty, I saw a picture once with two monsters in it and it was silly. What? Oh, you directed it. That's, well, uh, well, I'll be right over. Skip the coffee, Mary Lou. Two monsters? Two, count them two. And I'll lay you six, two, and even that by the time I get to the stage, he'll be hollering for three. Take your raincoat. It's raining pitchforks. Maybe one of them will stab me. I, uh, I better tell you about this monster stuff. Uh, this was a horror picture, you see. Kind of the poor man's Frankenstein. Yeah, they couldn't get Karloff, naturally, and they couldn't use the Frankenstein monster makeup because Jack Pierce over at Universal invented that. I guess Universal owned it, so they had me dream up a monster, and boy, did I dream one up. There's an old book. It's called... No, I guess I won't tell you what it's called. Well, you don't want to take those old books too seriously. So I kind of swiped this monster out of the book. Well, you'll never see the picture, I suppose, so maybe I better tell you a little about, about him. Well, I guess I won't either. He was, he was the most horrible monster I ever saw. No kidding. And what the makeup department did with my sketch and my description? Oh, boy. Just one thing I'll tell you about him. You can figure out the rest for yourself. He didn't have any face. You can take it from there. But don't kid yourself, he was a thing. They got Ollie, Ollie Tharp to play the goon. Nice fella, quiet, always grinning, modest, good actor. Last guy in the world you'd expect to play a monster. Oh yeah, sure, Karloff did the Frankenstein thing, and he's the mildest mannered guy in the world. I remember him on the Son of Frankenstein set years ago in his monster suit, all gray and green, showing pictures of his new baby to people. <laughs> I had to laugh. Well, I... I guess monsters are human sometimes, huh? And maybe humans are... Yeah. Well, all right. I spent three hours listening to Mr. Doty run off at the mouth with the whole company having the screaming memes over all this nonsense. It's five minutes to 12 when he finally decides to quit and everybody goes home. They're all burned at Doty, but yeah, they'll wake up in the morning and remember the overtime and they'll feel better. Me? <laughs> Writers don't get overtime. So I get back to the writer's court and the lights burning in the window and Mary Lou snoring away with her face in a stack of carbon paper. She wakes up and asks me a question. How many monsters now? We got four now, I'd say, including me. So the next morning, it's not raining anymore. The sun is shining bright and you can see snow on top of the mountains and it's a very nice day. And monsters are pretty hazy in my mind as I pick up my copy of the reporter and head for the rickety stairway to my palatial office. I'll tell you how much good the sunshine did me. I was whistling as I climbed up the stairs and opened the door. Well, you might as well turn off the whistle. Mr. Doty's looking for you. Now what? He says it's very important. 
Yeah, two more monsters. Your coffee's on your desk. Steaming cold, no doubt. I just brought it up. Give me 15 cents. Nah, it's your turn to buy this morning. I bought yesterday. All right, all right. Hello? No, he isn't here yet. Ah, go ahead. Mr. Ramsey's office. Yes, Mr. Doty. Morning, Mr. Doty. How are you? Oh, no kidding. Why, that's fine. Uh, what? Oh, of course. Yak, 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 yak. Yeah, sure. What's up? Why, sure, Mr. Doty. Yes, sir. I'll be right over. What? He has to finish the picture definitely by 12 midnight, December 31st. Oh? That's what you said last night. Well, I was kidding. You know how it goes in the story. I forgot. Well, I mean, the way it was originally, you know. This, this monster only has power the last hour of the year. Oh, yes. Remember, it was a New Year's party. The whole picture? It's been so long, I forgot how it started. Well, don't you remember a big payoff scene? She thinks the monster is her wicked uncle? Who thinks? You know, the babe with the teeth. The goon girl with the blue dress. Oh, oh yes, yes. Remember, she, she thinks the monster is her uncle, and she tries to rip his mask off, and it ain't a mask? Yeah, something like that. And the house is on fire, and he grabs her and runs inside the house, and our hero busts in after her and rescues her? Some way I never had a chance to figure out... Well, how could he do it without his glasses? He'd fall all over the stoop. What stoop? There's hundreds of them in pictures. Drink your coffee and go see Mr. Doty. Maybe he's changed his mind. Ah, he can't change his mind. The front office put the big fat arm on him, or else... Whoopee, baby, three days and we can sit down and rest. Away from this place. You can say that again. Ah, tell him I'm not here. Well, sir, that sunshine looked better than ever to me. But when the big door of the stage swung shut behind me, the sunshine sure disappeared. Well, Mr. Doty was an unhappy man. Well, three more days and there wouldn't be any more of those $3,500. And he didn't like it a little bit. And guess who he took it out on? This is the worst script I've ever had to work with. It, it, it positively smells bad. I didn't say, it's your story, Mr. Doty. All I got left is a monster, and he'll probably turn out to be Santa Claus or somebody. If you'd listen to me when I told you how to do it in the first place, then... I didn't whenever... say, I listened to you, Mr. Doty, and now look what we've got. Yes, now I have to give up my beautiful idea of having three monsters instead of one. Because then we'd have to reshoot practically the whole picture, and you'd have made it on a million bucks. I didn't say that either. So if you think you could possibly, possibly dredge up your original script, I think I can possibly make it into an acceptable B picture. Although that's a task even for a director like me. Mr. Doty doesn't realize what an unconscious humorist he is. That guy could make a B picture out of the signing of the Declaration of Independence even if he had the original cast. Go, get to work. Get to work and do something. Have I got to do everything around here? Get to a move on ya. So I got a move on me. And if you think I dislike that guy up to now.
You've got to get some sleep somehow. You've been on your feet for almost two days, Mr. Ramsey. Yeah, well, where were we? Scene 168, Longshot Interior, Mansion Night. From the top of the stairway to the upstairs, indistinct in the shadows, we sense rather than see the twisted evil form of the monster as it peers over the balustrade. From the foreground right, the butler appears and starts slowly up the stairway. As he reaches the fourth or fifth step, the camera starts to move in and follow him. We crane upstairs and the camera holds on the last three steps as the butler reaches the top. Cut to, hey, wake up. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. Where were we? Ramsey, you've got to get some sleep. Lie down for 10 minutes. Gee, I sure liked, I'd sure like to. Mr. Ramsey's office. I'm not here. Yes, Mr. Doty. All right. All right, all right. Hello? Yes. Sure, I'll be right over. Oh, Mr. Ramsey, I wish. You know what, Mary Lou? Well, put on your coat. It's raining again. You know what? What? I wish I was a monster. You know, I was a tired little fella. I didn't have any Thanksgiving. I ate a thin ham sandwich in my office that day because Mr. Doty had to have three new scenes Friday morning. He called me at the office to see how I was doing. He just finished his Thanksgiving dinner, you see. I didn't have any Christmas. I locked the door on my office and beat my brains out on a whole new sequence Mr. Doty had thought up. All around me, people were drinking whiskey and chasing each other through the corridors and up and down the stairs. I didn't have any Sundays and I didn't have any evenings. I, my friend, damn near lost my mind. All the time, Mr. Doty. Wow. Yeah, it's no wonder that by New Year's Eve I was ready to hire a man with a cleaver to extirpate the guy. But I didn't. Nope, I sure didn't. At 9 o'clock, he called me over to the set again. Could I rewrite some dialogue? <laughs> well, I crossed him up on that one. I threw out the hash he'd made of my original dialogue and substituted what I'd originally written. It played okay. After seven different takes, all exactly alike, I went back to my office in the rain. Mr. Ramsey's office? Yes, Mr. Doty. Yes, Mr. Doty. I'll, I'll tell him. Mr. Ramsey? I heard you. He needs you right away. Again. Okay, okay, okay. You poor thing. I'll be out a couple hours. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I can take it. Take your raincoat. It's raining cats and dogs. You're telling me. That time it was a little piece of action he couldn't get through his ivory head. I explained it in words of one syllable, carefully avoiding the four-letter ones. He thanked me, old boy, and I went out into the rain again. Rain. 
What rain in California can do to you? I heard of a fella who jumped into the Los Angeles River once after a week of rain. Ordinarily, he'd break his ankle. But he drowned. You know, it just comes down. Steadily. I know, I could probably be a lot more graphic than that, but that's all there is to rain in California. It comes down steadily. Ice cold. Steadily. Yeah. Of course, it always stops about the time you've decided to start out on foot for the east. The sun shines, poinsettias bloom, and the hills are green, and oh man, it's wonderful. I guess they have the rain, like hitting yourself on the head with a hammer. Feels so good when you stop. <laughs> yeah, that's a bum gag, but I was a pretty beat up character. Three more times at New Year's Eve, in the rain, the guy getting meaner and meaner each time. Well, at least it was gonna be over pretty soon. It was 10 minutes to 11 when I came into the office and Mary Lou took my coat from me. You've just got to get a little sleep, Ramsey. Now, now you sit down at your desk and put your head down and catch 40 winks. <sighs> Thanks, Mary Lou. Oh, if I had to see that man just one more time tonight, I wouldn't be responsible. I'm not kidding. Oh, no, you go to sleep. But, kid, you're as all in as I am. Well, at least I don't have to face him. Yeah, he's got to stop at midnight. Soon as he's through, though, should you and me go someplace and have a New Year's drink? Uh, uh, I don't know whether I could keep awake. Well, let's try, huh? Oh, okay. Hmm. Anybody ever tell you you're a nice gal? Couple of people. I could marry a gal like you. Oh, don't kid people, Ramsey. I'm not. See how you feel when you wake up. I think I love you. I wish you meant that, Ramsey. I do. Kiss a fella goodnight. Ramsey, you're sweet. Kiss me goodnight. <sighs> oh, sorry. Oh, go to sleep. So I went to sleep. So I went to sleep. And I dreamed. Even when I was asleep, I couldn't get that guy Dodie off my mind. I dreamed I was on the set. I dreamed they were shooting the last scene, the one where the monster comes closer and closer to the camera, till that head of his without any face fills the whole screen. You know how it is in dreams. You're here, and then all of a sudden you're there, and you're one guy, and then you're another, and it's all mixed up. Yeah, I could see the set. And I could hear Dodie call out, Quiet! Roll him! And speed! Action! Then, I could see this faceless monster coming out of the shadows. Slowly, slowly, right up to the camera where George Robinson was standing, tired as everybody else. And I thought to myself, if the audience had any idea that little old milk toast Ollie Tharp was inside that monster rig, they'd bust. And then in the dream, I saw Dodie jumping up and down in one of those silly rages of his, and he yells, Cut! Cut! Get back there and try it over. You've got about as much menace as, as much menace as, as does Ramsey over there. Even in my dreams, he was picking on me. And so they started all over again. My dream got kind of mixed up all right there, and 
and I sort of seemed to be following the monster because I could see Dodie's face right in front of me as the monster moved in. When Dodie yelled, Cut! Again, the monster and I didn't stop. I just sort of seemed to follow him right on, farther and farther. I saw the monster's big hairy hand grab Dodie, and Dodie screamed. <laughs> and the monster's hands were fumbling at Dodie's neck. Dodie was fighting, and I saw the Do- I saw Dodie bite the monster's hand. It was so real, I could almost feel it. And then everything got black in my dream, and there were a lot of a lot of bells ringing. And well, that's what woke me up. So I raised my head and course there I was in my office and I pulled myself out of it a little and suddenly I knew what the bells were everywhere bells ringing in the new year the rain was hammering on the roof and it was tomorrow so I got up and hollered for Mary Lou Mary Lou happy new year Mary Lou when she didn't answer I stepped through the door into her little office And there she was, lying on the floor behind her desk. And the look on her face was something I never want to see again. It was a look of the most awful horror anybody could imagine. The kind of look you'd expect to see on the face of someone who'd been literally frightened to death by a monster who had no face at all. So I stood there. After a few seconds, I heard people yelling outside, and I heard somebody yell that Ollie Tharp had killed Dodie. Somebody else said, no, Ollie Tharp was dead, too, with a broken neck in his dressing room. And my hand hurt. When I raised my hand to look at it, right across the thick of my palm were teeth marks, deep, bloody teeth marks where Dodie had bit me when I strangled him. So you see, that's why I say never take any of those old books too seriously. Remember I said I wished it was a monster? You remember what the book said. The monster only possessed his murderous power for one hour, the last hour of the year. New Year's Eve again, and it's raining. Got anybody you want murdered? You have listened to Quiet Plague, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper. The man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And Muriel Kirkland was Mary Lou. Pat O'Malley was Dodie. Music for Quiet Please is composed and played by Albert Berman. Now, for a word about next week's Quiet Please, here is our writer-director, my good friend, Willis Cooper. I have a story for you next week about a man who was haunted. It's called The Little Visitor. And so next week, at the same time, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. Quiet Please comes to you from New York. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.
That's our show this time. If you enjoyed it, tell us. Write to project.audion at gmail.com and like us or share the video link with your friends. Until next time, thanks for listening. imagination. The rain beating against your window. They curl up next to your speaker and listen as Project Audion on our Zoom radio network presents from Detroit down to Corpus Christi, Willis Cooper's Quiet Place. Okay, cut, cut. Whew.